Hi everyone, welcome to another series of the Going International podcast. I'm joined today by Tosh Kami from Grand Wharton, Japan, and I will let Tosh introduce himself. Hi Tosh. Hello, uh, my name is Tosh Kami and I am a partner with Grand Thornton Japan, leading our uh, business process solutions and global mobility services. Thanks very much. Um, so tell me, to start with, what brings businesses to Japan? Um, it's a good question. Um, so Japan is the, uh, the third largest economy in the world after the United States and China. And it is also the second largest computer and telecommunications market in the world after the United States. And it is ranked fourth among the best countries to invest in for 2022. And Japan has a transparent legal infrastructure and highly developed modern infrastructure of roads, highways, railroads, subways, airports, harbors, warehouses, and telecommunications for distributions of all types of goods and services. So these infrastructures and the, uh, the position in the world economy brings um, businesses into Japan. And and why is that? Like, why is, uh, uh, you know, so so much of a, a development um, structure in the in the last while and, and, you know, that ranking that you that you have in the, you know, in the in the global scale, what mm -hmm. drove Japan to be in that position? Right. It all started after the after Japan had uh, lost the World War Two, but I wouldn't give, you know, historical lessons. So just, you know, skipping time to 2013, um, the Japanese government set a target to double inward foreign direct investment stocks to 35 trillion yen by 2020, so in seven years. Um, government made efforts to, one, uh, discovering and attracting foreign companies interested in investing in Japan, two, improving uh, business environment and living conditions of workers, uh, foreign workers in Japan, and three, providing business matching opportunities for potential collaboration with Japanese companies. And as a result of these initiatives, the amount reached 39.7 trillion yen as of December 22, well above the initial target. Um, on a side note, uh, JETRO, uh, short for Jet, uh, Japan External Trade Organization, plays an important role in these functions. And I act as an external advisor to JETRO, addressing human capital matters for foreign businesses looking to enter the Japanese market. And that's really good, um, you know, in terms of being able to to assist um, businesses thinking of entering the market that need to, you know, understand uh, how to navigate the, the compliance requirements uh, in in the region. Um, but but in terms of you know businesses setting up um, in Japan, and without naming you know client names. But can you share maybe a specific example of a situation that maybe didn't go according to plan and how, um, you know, what led to that disaster, I suppose, uh, taking place? Sure, absolutely. So as in all countries, there are unique complexities in every um, areas of our practice on one for um, payroll. Uh, processing um, in Japan, salaries, bonuses, and severance pays must all be processed separately because they all fall under different withholding tax calculations and rules. Um, and in some countries, this is all processed in one single payroll, um, but in Japan, these need to be separated. So this is a, a very, un this could be uncommon for some businesses, but it's crucial that this is um, complied with in Japan. 
um, maybe the, perhaps as the second was the uniqueness of the banking system in Japan and availability of services in Japanese language only, which creates a language barrier for foreign businesses. Uh, businesses often need to enter um, instructions on the banking website in the, uh, the Japanese original katakana characters, which is uh, very difficult for um, non-Japanese nationals to type or even understand or read. So there's, there's definitely the language barrier there. And then that's maybe as a third example, uh, there's complexities around accounting for consumption tax um, in Japan, um, as only softwares, accounting softwares developed and available in Japan in Japanese language are developed to appropriately account for this, um, which creates hurdles for multinational companies to use their ERP system or other accounting systems. And and that's exactly the point there. It's, you know, it's those unique um, compliance requirements that multinationals really need to be aware of and prepared for when you know considering to go um and doing business in japan so that was really helpful um to hear and and maybe talk to us a little bit about how can gt help avoiding um what would you recommend are the key things to look at to avoid entering into non-compliance or expensive remediation processes to be in compliance? Right, um, I think the most important um, thing is to make sure that you plan ahead of time, businesses plan ahead of time before they enter the Japanese market and make sure that they have um, necessary resources of, of, of professionals um, that are ready and available to assist uh, with the execution of their plans. Um, so as a maybe as a real life, um, case example, uh, there was a financial information services client of ours um, for over 20 plus years, which was audited by the tax authority for their uh, payroll withholding taxes. And under Japan's tax um, codes, um, employer provided housing can be structured in a tax efficient manner. Um, but because of the favorable treatment, um, some businesses um, go a little bit too extreme or aggressive in applying this um, system and the client has been operating this scheme for several dozens of their employees for years but not in a fully compliant manner and we have been uh, advising the client to review their practice to minimize their risk exposure but um, it was never appreciated until that day came when they were audited by the tax authorities and um, we had sufficient time to plan uh, with the client discuss with the client and plan for the tax audit so uh, we, represent, we represented the client in the audit and uh, creatively drew the tax officer's attention to other items so that the housing scheme was not touched. And fortunately, this had helped client buy time to fix their issues and increase compliance. So again, um, well planning and make sure having the, uh, the professionals lined up to execute these uh, planning is critical. Yeah, yeah, no, agreed. And and even from a statutory um, financial statement perspective, I had a, a recent um, situation with a client where that preparation really proved to be so important given the tight deadline to you know submit the accounts um doing interim a proper interim uh, work and make sure that you know the accounts were as neat as they could be so that when the final close the hard close was done then it was a quick turnaround to comply with um the submission uh, deadline 
was really important. So agreed preparation is everything and knowing exactly what is um, required and what your complex high risk areas are um, is, is certainly key. Absolutely. And if I ask you to maybe comment on what are the three key compliance must knows for businesses um, from an accounting and tax perspective to avoid fallouts with regulatory authorities, uh, what would you call um, being, you know, those three key items? Um, well, absolutely. So um, Japan's um, tax and accounting um, system is is based on um, self-declaration and self-payment. So um, the authorities reserves the right to um, check and examine whether those have been done appropriately. So make sure um, that you maintain your documents in an orderly fashion, uh, readily presentable when asked, and and not playing the audit lottery, um, thinking that you can deal with non-compliance after um, you know, you've been caught not complying is, is critical. Uh, maybe as a second example, um, unless businesses have internal resources of expertise um, in, in the field, um, it's important to um, consult professional advisors before making any critical business decisions, because once that decision is made, and unfortunately it's, 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 it's the wrong decision made, and then you go forward with that you know, wrong decision for years, um, to fix that decision, to go back in time and fix it, or, or go in looking forward trying to fix everything, is ta it takes so much time and effort and costly money to uh, fix it. So it's, maybe that's a good second example. And the third one, um, it's worth mentioning to engage professional firms that can enter into um, meaningful and fruitful conversation with you, with clients in English or another language that the client is comfortable in, because uh, we, Often tend to rely on email exchanges and you know sharing of information through uh, Microsoft Word or Excel files, but sometimes those methods are not enough to capture all information. Sometimes you just need that casual and um, informal co uh, co conversation to really capture the essence of the transaction and information. No, agree. Like I so so much agree with you on on that last point there. Um, because like, as I said, in this in this example of this client of mine this year, the three way calls between the client uh, and ourselves and, and GT Japan was so helpful in terms of understanding the underlying transactions and the underlying, um, I suppose, information uh, behind the numbers in certain of the Excel and, and Word files that were being shared and it facilitated a quicker turnaround of the um, reports that needed to be prepared to be submitted with the authorities. So I, I do think it's really important that the communication lines are open, transparent and, um, you know, exist over calls because it, it does um, make the flow much faster um, and, and much less, you know, painful on all parties. Absolutely. You can exchange 50 emails and not resolve an issue, but just a five minute call can sometimes resolve that. <laughs> exactly. Totally agreed. And in terms of changes coming up um, that businesses should be preparing for, is there anything in, in the horizon that you want to call out? Yes, um, so I think the biggest one is the invoice method for consumption tax that will come in effect from uh, 1st of October 2023 next year. 
Under the new regime, Japan consumption taxpayers will be required to retain qualified invoices issued by registered invoice issuers in order to be eligible to claim an input credit. So businesses need to review the supply chain to ensure consumption tax they pay in the course of their business transactions are creditable. Okay, uh, and, and thanks, because that is very specific and something that can be actioned straight away. And can I just clarify, when you say retain qualified invoices issued, would those be kind of in hard copy or, or is electronic sufficient or do you know at this point? Yes, um, electronic copy is is acceptable. Okay, okay, that's, you know, very helpful, particularly for multinationals uh, mm -hmm. these days, because like people are more and more paperless these days. Um, right. So, Tosh, thank you so much for your time today. I think it was really helpful um, to have this conversation and I'm sure we'll have opportunities for uh, continuing on, um, you know, future conversations about business uh, in Japan and how to remain compliant in the, in the region. Thanks so much for your time. Sure, thank you. Thanks for listening and stay tuned, like and share, and we'll have uh, another podcast coming out soon. Bye.